Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Nat Strawn and Allie. Woo! Yeah, we're back, guys. Episode 56. A brand new season, a brand new year. Uh Did we freeze? I didn't freeze. Did you freeze? Oh, no. I think we froze. Picture's frozen, but I can hear you. Oh, no. Well, this is not a good sign. Our Zoom meeting (laughs) already froze. And I think that's just a sign of how this entire season is going to go. It's going to be ultra haunted, which is good for you guys. I'm now waiting for Alyssa to send me another link to a new Zoom meeting. Very excited to share this commentary about what is happening behind the scenes with you right now. All right, I got the Zoom meeting invite, and now I'm waiting to be let into the room. And we're back. Jesus fucking Christ, this this podcast <laughs> and our audio issues. Well, I just think that shows how great of a season this is going to be. Like, the more the universe doesn't want us to do it is the more we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's very true. Because if somebody tells me like, hey, that's a dumb idea. Don't do that. It's time to pack it up. It just makes me want to do it more, no matter what it is. It's totally true. I'm drinking peppermint tea because I've been really nasally lately just because when you're pregnant, all of your sinuses and mucus stuff like is making extra bullshit, I guess. (laughs) And so I'm like hoping that I'm going to drink this and it's going to give me a beautiful voice. But I have one of those teas that gives you like passive aggressive quotes on it. And this quote says, one thorn of experience is worth a whole wilderness of warning. That reminds, first of all, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That that reminds me of those like inspirational tampon quotes. Have you ever seen that? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, no one can stop you from getting your goals except you. Yeah, right. You know? It's like, thank you, Kotex. I needed this today. I'm like, I'm literally just like putting in a tampon. Just do your job. You know, I don't need to be reminded of like different ways I can improve myself right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I also love that it's trying to inspire me while I'm shoving it up my vagina. That's like a very vulnerable moment. Yeah. Maybe that's when you're most susceptible to new ideas, though. Oh. You know what I've been thinking about recently? Mm. New Year's resolutions. Oh, wow. <laughs> what yeah. Sorry, I'm like in a weird <laughs> mood. I I'm super fucking hopped up on life because I've been running a lot so now I feel all like jittery yes. but yes tell me about your new year's resolutions did you come up with a new one I've just been being a better version of myself and it took me a while to get into it because I was like in a bad mood I feel like for I don't know like a few days at the beginning of the year I remember on new year's I was just in a bad mood and all the like smells and shit in the house was like pissing me off and just like normal pregnant stuff you know mm-hmm. you just feel like you always have a headache the barking's too loud the smell is bad the lights are too bright but then now I feel great today I went and I got in the ocean that's exciting well the reason I did it is because my fiance has this therapist and we went and saw him together because we were like you know we want to like build our new life together with really good foundations for like communication that's smart yeah we're bringing a child into the world and so like we should just really be on the same page about life and like our roles as parents so we went to the therapist he's so positive that you feel shitty for being a bad person around him like he was literally <laughs> like hey guys what's up he was like oh, I just got out of the ocean every morning I get up at six o'clock in the morning and I make a gratitude list oh, and God. then I go out in the ocean and I swim no. and, I, and he's like, I, under- 
understand that this was inspirational for you and I'm very happy, but this is the kind (laughs) of person I want to punch in the fucking face. Anyway, continue. (laughs) So today he like literally at seven o'clock in the morning sends my fiance a video message of him at the beach. What the fuck? And it's like the sun's coming up and he's, it's like a, a selfie video he took and he's like, hey brother, like I'm just really excited for you and and your girl and all the amazing changes that are happening in your life and and I just wanted to share that I'm going out for this swim right now in the ocean and it's a beautiful day and I think you guys should just you know go go out to the ocean or go for a hike or do something out in nature together and and share a video of you doing that because I just live for that I love to see people just connecting with their highest self. Is this guy a pervert for inspiration? Like is he just like (laughs) that's how he gets off is seeing people happy doing things? He's like one of those like LA life coaches Uh you know what everyone I think who's not from LA would probably like roll their eyes at like he's just like so like happy and like you know he gives like motivational speeches and stuff but point is my fiance and I were like well fuck now we have to like go do this right like he challenged you if you don't do it you're not fulfilling your end of the therapy bargain right exactly so I put on the fucking wetsuit and the water right now is 52 degrees Do you know how cold that is? That sounds miserable. I put on the wetsuit and like as soon as we got in the water, I knew it was like, like I will probably die, you know, like if I didn't have the wetsuit on. My hands, anything exposed, like my hands and my feet and my eardrums were throbbing. But I was like, at the same time, I was like, oh my God, I'm doing it. I... (laughs) I'm in the ocean right now. Everything's on fire. I hate this, but like, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. Cause like, normal Natalia would just be like, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, no. Like, I would take like one step in the water and be like, this is fucking stupid. You do that. I'm gonna like sit on the shore. But this time I just did it. Then I just had a really good day, honestly. Good. Then I went to go see the horse and I like ate healthy. Now I'm just like, ooh, new nap, yeah. like new life, you know? Yeah, new year who dis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. And you've been running. I have been. I've been running a lot. Love that. Uh, I have run 19 miles this year so far. Amazing. And my goal, thank you. Yeah, I... Last year, I didn't really do much. I normally... I feel like I go through cycles of like if if I'm doing something, I'm either doing it or I'm not doing it at all. There's like no in between. So it's either I'm exercising like daily or I'm just sitting on the couch eating Hostess cupcakes. Like it's extremes. (laughs) And so I got to the point in quarantine where I don't fit into my jeans anymore, which is a problem because now I've been showing up to work like in pajama pants and (laughs) sweatpants and nobody has said anything yet, but I feel like it's only a matter of time before someone's like, are you okay? So I need to just start, you know, get the blood flowing. Yeah. Fit back into my jeans. My New Year's resolution is to run 100 miles this year. I love that. And most people are like, oh, that's nothing. There's 365 days in a year. Why don't you go for 365 miles? Uh, because I don't want to set myself a goal that I might not meet. I would rather just set a hundred. I think that's attainable. Right. And if I pass it, yeah. then I'll feel really fucking good. You know, I think that's a great idea. I had this one therapist who told me that like I would set goals that I couldn't achieve so that like I could just stay in my depression oh. in a weird way, like a self-sabotage so that there's no, like I, I yeah, couldn't actually I ever 
get out of that ever since I started setting small goals like what you're talking about like just do a mile here then you get them and you're like hey I I just like accomplished something and you get a little ego boost and it's like free crack and then you're like excited (laughs) and you're like what else can I do maybe I'll just you know clean up that shit in the hallway exactly (laughs) I don't I totally agree I think I said this in season one of the podcast either it was either on an sp7 podcast or it was on this one where i said the only thing i do like is set small attainable goals for myself and then when you achieve them you feel better versus saying something like oh this time next year i'm going to be living in a mansion like no i'm fucking not why i would love that but like i don't want to set that as my goal so and then like not achieve it and feel like shit or feel like oh why am i even trying because i that's how i am too i think kind of what you're saying if i were to set a goal at 400 miles and then it's like november of this year and i'm only at 120 then i'm just gonna give up i'm gonna be like well i'm not running ever again because like i fucking suck it didn't work yeah 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 i think too with the podcast like we've been really good about setting attainable goals even from the start we were like you know if just like one person listens to this like that will be great (laughs) yeah I agree yeah small attainable goals you know shoot for the moon and if you miss you'll land among the stars I don't remember what I was gonna say shoot for the moon and uh but also be happy if Mm -hmm. you don't hit the moon I don't know right it's the it's the climb (laughs) yeah there's always gonna be an uphill right mountain Miley you're always gonna want to make a move yeah. uh, sometimes you have to lose <laughs> that's right and that was your inspirational life quote of the episode one more inspirational thing because this is just something I've been triggered about lately so like on social media every year around New Year's there's all these like you know those like inspirational like Pinterest things where it's like a, the background of an ocean and then like in curvy writing like an inspirational quote or something yeah lately I feel like my explore page has been a bunch of those but it's all about like you don't have to change yourself for the new year like new year's same you like all this kind of stuff and I was like why the fuck on earth would you ever (laughs) discourage someone from From bettering themselves trying to better themselves yeah Yeah. like I don't understand that like I, I get like you know, you want to set healthy, realistic expectations. You don't want to do toxic things. You don't want to be like, I'm going to fucking be anorexic or like, I'm going to make a billion dollars from selling crap. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like obviously you want to pick healthy things right. that are good for you and good for everyone else around you. But I, yeah, like all of our other traditions, like Christmas, Hanukkah, birthdays, weddings, like all the like other holidays and things, they're all just about commercialism or spoiling yourself or just like alcohol or like whatever, like partying. And this is like the only tradition where it's about working on your inner self. Oh, that's a good observation. And I feel like that's really cool. Yeah. You know, I never really thought of it like that before, but you're right. Yeah. So if you're one of those people who's always like, I don't set New Year's resolutions because I can just start anytime, anywhere I want. Like, great, go start <laughs> doing that anytime, anywhere you want. But like some people like and need the encouragement of everyone else working on themselves and like be in that mindset. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I also feel like I'm the type of person that needs clear got gu- like guidelines or boundaries. Like I need to know like, boundaries. okay, on this day, New Year's day. Right. Okay. Now I can start doing X, Y, Z. And I'm also the kind of person right. that I get discouraged really easily. So for example, now that I've been running every time I go on a run, I take a Snapchat of how long the run was and I send it to my friend Amy. And it's just like a way Mm -hmm. for me to keep myself accountable. Someone was telling me recently, I was talking to someone and they were like, oh, well, isn't that like sad that you can't do it on your own? I'm like, no, I'm still doing it on my own. I just like 
am yeah. sending it to a third party to like hold myself accountable so that I don't get that mentality of like, well, no one's going to know if I don't run today. I don't have to like, no. Yeah. I think you're just proud, right? You're like, look, I'm doing it. I'm fucking it, doing it. You know? And also if I don't like send it to my friends, then they're going to know that I didn't do it. And in all reality, <laughs> they don't care. Like, right. Like right. Amy and Alyssa, you guys listen to this podcast. Like, I know they don't care about how much I'm running, but they're like, oh, good job. Like you're doing it. Right. Good for you. And I need that. I fucking need I think I talked about this on last season, too. I was like, I don't know how to react to compliments, but I fucking need them. Oh, my God. (laughs) Someone give me positive reinforcement. Yeah. 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 I have an Apple Watch. Amy is, like, on my friends list on it. So it'll be like, Natalia, like, walked for 30 minutes. And then there's, like, automated responses you can say that's like, oh, my God, no (laughs) one can beat you or whatever. Amy is so positive. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody needs that. If you're listening to this right now and one of your friends keep snapchatting you about their new year's resolution you're like this is getting fucking annoying (laughs) just understand that they're not bragging they just want you to be like you did it i acknowledge you right yeah yeah that's what life's all about just like acknowledging people when they do something not shitty right like don't take it personally you know they're not like doing some weird thing where they're like why aren't you running like they're literally <laughs> they're just literally like, like you this was really hard it. for yeah. me <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how i feel i'm like holy shit another day that i didn't sit on the couch and eat 17 hostess cupcakes someone's got to hear about this i know it's a miracle it is it's right? a miracle from god thank you <laughs> yes new year new us exactly thank you to the haunted fam Thank you to Nick Cage. Yeah. Thank you to Liam Neeson. Definitely. Thank you, world. Thank you to our donors. Oh, yeah. We need to thank our donors. Yes. I would love to shout out the donors who donated to me this month, to us this month. We have Audra T, Grim W, Jillian M, Michelle Hurtado P, Jasmine C, Tay S, Laura C, Scott V, Elizabeth B, Madison F, Kara or Kara H, I'm not sure. I sent you a message, Kara or Kara, on Venmo asking you how to pronounce your name, but I don't think you saw it yet. So I'm just going to pronounce it both ways. Kara H or Kara H. And on Kofi, we had It's Red Rum and James in Durham, North Carolina. And I want to give a special shout out to It's Red Rum because she donated $100. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so Thank great. You Thank so you. Much. And I know it's Red Rum. Yeah. She's very active in the community. Hell yeah. I also want to thank Alessa R., who donated back, I think she said it in March, but we never read it off. And she DM'd and was like, hey, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I donated back in March. It was like at the height of the protests and you guys like hadn't made an episode in a while because everything was like happening all at once. So I forgive you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, thank you for forgiving us, but I'll definitely shout you out. So thank you, Alessa. And thank you for being very patient with us. We definitely didn't mean to leave you out. No, And in fact, if you donated around that time, that means that your money went to charity, the therapy fund for black women and girls that we started. So your donation definitely went to good use and we really appreciate it. Yes. The Loveland Foundation. And Scott V, Laura Croc, Gillian M or Gillian M, Amy S, Brielle S, Joey M, Efrain P and Janine H. Also, Efrain, we see you. We know you're here. We love you. We hear your name so often. You're like a celebrity. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. we appreciate you. We love you. We recognize you. We see you. You are seen. So Natalia asked me to do this podcast with her 
in the dark at night. And I was very skeptical. I was thinking, Natalia, are you going to mug me? What? Why do you need me to be in my closet at like 7.30 p.m.? What could it possibly be? And Natalia, right. you said to me that this is a very spooky story, but that in order for it to work, I need to be in the darkness at night. Is that true? Yeah. That's very true. So Alyssa is right. Normally we would record this podcast on a Sunday at around noon or 2.30, sometimes 4. But I was specifically like, we have to do this right before you go to sleep because it's very important for the story to work that you go to sleep right after you hear it. I'm very nervous. Yeah. After hearing that, how are you feeling? I feel like someone is going to attack me in my dreams and I don't (laughs) like it. Wow. I think you might be a little psychic. Do you have any idea what I'm going to talk about today? Are you doing... The Sandman? Hmm, it's a good guess. Definitely something that has to do with sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Before we start the story, I just wanted to say that because it's like a new season, I really wanted to come in hot and come in with something that I thought was cool and different and really put some work into it because I wanted to do something that was like kind of original and different. This episode might also trigger certain people that deal with what I'm going to talk about on a personal level. So if you are one of those people who is suffering right now from what I'm going to talk about, I highly suggest you don't listen to this episode just because We are a paranormal podcast. We're not a skeptic podcast. So I'm going to scare the shit out of you, especially if this is something that you are trying to like forget. You you guys can't see me, but I'm very scared. I'm like, (laughs) I'm in my closet right now. I'm like looking behind me. Like, did Natalia set something up? Okay. So Alyssa. Yes. We've talked about on this show how mediums have paranormal experiences because they're open to the other side or the space between or whatever you want to call that paranormal space where you can see things that other people can't see, maybe a sixth sense, correct? Right, okay. Most of us individuals seem to be closed off to this other side. We're sheltered from the paranormal channels that mediums are able to access. Most of us, I would say, have never seen a ghost or had an entity attached to us. Right. Most of us have never experienced what it's like to be haunted in first person. We can't see shadow people or talk to the dead. That's probably why we like to listen to this podcast, because we get our excitement from creepy Reddit threads or researching unsolved mysteries, because we don't actually live in fear of those paranormal experiences. It has not happened to me, we think. But what if today, right now, Alyssa, I told you a story that would open the gateway to hell and beyond? What? What if we could pry our way into the other side and see entities and angels, talk to the dead, or even communicate with demons just by listening to the story I'm about to tell you? What the fuck? The story I'm about to tell you has been known to open the gateway to the other side. No. What do you think of that? Natalia, I don't want to be dragged to the other side. Are you dragging (laughs) me to the other side? Have you ever seen that movie, Drag Me to Hell? Yes. Are you dragging me to hell right now? She's not answering, you guys. She's just looking at me, (laughs) blinking her eyes. I don't... If this is the last episode you... If I suddenly turn up dead after this episode airs, just know that I did not kill myself 
Natalia unleashed a demon on me. It dragged me to hell. I need help. Somebody get Nick Cage. Somebody get Liam Neeson to fight the devil. Get me out of there. I'm going to play you a video featuring a woman who opened this very gateway. Okay, guys. So Natalia sent me a YouTube video entitled The Entity Sleep Paralysis Documentary Real Stories uploaded by Real Stories on YouTube. Okay, I'm going to push play. One woman has been suffering from entity attacks for most of her life. They began when she was just five years old. First thing I remember as a child at night, um, I had just gone to bed. My mother just put me to bed, and I could see um, the lights on in the living room. I had just laid down for bed. I could hear my parents. I could hear the television. And I looked up, and to my right, I saw a couple, um, very shadowy, very dark, in my bedroom. No. A man and a woman, and um, they started walking towards me. It's very frightening. I couldn't speak. I, I, I wanted to call out to my mother. I couldn't call out to her. I was just terrified. And right about that time, she walked into the room, and she walked. It appeared that she walked directly through the two people that were standing to my right. Oh, fuck that. And I began asking her, uh, who are these people in my room? What's going on? Uh, she kept telling me that it was just a dream to go back to bed. And I said I wasn't asleep. It wasn't a dream. I could hear the television on in the other room. And that was the end of that. But as Jamie got older, the entities that stalked her became more vivid and more violent, making her increasingly terrified to go to bed. Of course they got a Scottish dude to do the, the voiceover. It's the scariest of all the UK dialects. As soon as I become aware <laughs> that there's someone in the room, I'll go into paralysis and I can't move. I can't shout out. I can't... Um, I'm unable to call for help, and I'm unable to stop any kind of attack. Usually it's an attack. You can't move. You can't scream. Um, feels like you've been drugged somehow. The Shadow Man, and this is just a recent label that I've put on this character. The closest I've seen of him is the arm, because it's been around my throat several yeah. times. He's very violent. He doesn't use any caution whatsoever. He, he could care less if my neck is broken. I mean, that's how violent he is. Generally, he's accompanied by a very old woman. No, she's not an old woman. Draped in many layers of clothing. She looks like a homeless-type person. Like, every all of her belongings are on her. Shawl, jacket, a hat. The old woman will sit on my chest. And uh, no. she's not extremely heavy, but she's heavy enough that it's very hard to breathe. It's extremely hard to breathe. Nobody wants an old woman sitting on their chest, not even if you're expand. married to one. <laughs> She'll have me around the base of my neck. She'll come up to the top part, and she's choking me so hard that I think that my voice box is going to uh, collapse. I can't move. He's got my arms down, usually. Just the way she's sitting on me, I can't move, and there's nothing I can do guys so they're this show first of all this is fucking terrifying but they're doing reenactments and in the reenactment it's like very obviously like just a person <laughs> with a witch mask <laughs> on sitting on this lady's chest which honestly doesn't make it better you would think that that would make it less creepy because you're like oh they just have an actor in a mask but instead i'm like what kind of psychopath dresses up <laughs> like an old witch woman and then sits on a lady's chest okay I'm, let's continue what makes these attacks even more frightening 
is that Jamie is convinced she is awake. The fear is extremely real. You look around the room, you're looking for any way out. I can see my clock, I can see the curtains, I see everything in the room that tells me that this is real, this is happening to me, this is really happening. And I'm wondering why my husband can't hear them, why he can't hear the struggle, why he can't hear the fight. And beyond that, I'm wondering um, what's going to happen to me after they kill me? Who's next? Your mind and your body thinks you've been through it. But to everyone around you that you associate with, that you work with, your friends, your family, your doctors, they say it was just a dream, just get over it. For years, Jamie thought she was alone and feared she was mad or delusional. Then she discovered research for this film produced hundreds of phone calls. I was uh, sleeping in my bed and uh, there was a, a presence uh, in the room. I was paralyzed in the bed. He seemed like a shadow. Probably about six foot high. Well over six foot. Very tall. There was something sitting on my chest. Sitting on top of my chest. The lady was old and haggard. She had strongly gray hair. Kind of an old woman standing in front of me. And there was an, an old lady. This just was not. It's always an old lady. I know that I am awake when this happens. Can't escape from this entity that has entered your room. It's a feeling of perhaps the greatest terror that one can imagine. So, Alyssa, what this woman is talking about, have you ever heard of that before? Yeah, sleep paralysis, right? Exactly, yeah. Do you have any experience with sleep paralysis? Or do you just tell us everything you know about it? Okay, well, I'll tell you what I what I think I know about it, and then you tell me if I'm right. I think that scientists describe it as uh, almost like a lucid dream. It's like you're laying in bed and awake enough to be able to move your eyes and see what's actually in your room around you but then you're also kind of asleep enough to be seeing things that should be in your dream projected into the room in front of you. I seem to remember that James DeAngelis when he came on this show in season one had talked about having a sleep paralysis demon visit him before in the night and that a lot of the time it is something that either stands in the corner of your room or sits on your chest and I also remember this was last year. I had, for the very first time in my life, had a sleep paralysis incident. And I'm pretty sure I talked about it on this podcast. We may have cut it out. But where I was like half awake and I felt, I swear to God, I felt like somebody was laying in the bed right next to me with their arm draped over me. Like it was very heavy. And then I was just yeah. like, I remember I, I like felt it and I was like, this isn't right. Like there's, <laughs> there should, this should not be here. So in my mind, I was like, all right, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to close my eyes and go back to sleep, which like, right. but that's not good because I totally understand what this lady is saying. You don't know if it's real or not. So you right. like, what if it's a murderer that broke into your house and you, you use my defense cool. of just like close your eyes and go back to sleep. Right. You're like, this murderer clearly wants to scare me. So if they think that I'm just like not going to get scared, then maybe whatever weird kink they have won't be fulfilled and they'll just leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, self-preservation, right? Uh, so you're exactly right. Sleep paralysis is a very 
somewhat common phenomenon. There, if, there's lots of memes about it online. If you Google sleep paralysis, you'll find tons of explanations, and they're all pretty much the same. It's saying basically the mechanism, and I'll talk about this more later when we get into theories, but the mechanism that keeps you from moving while you're sleeping so you don't act out your dreams. Like if your dream is you're running a marathon and then you just like go outside and run into traffic and die, like that's not good, you know? Right, so yeah. it's the mechanism that paralyzes you is no longer working. So you're basically like in a sleepwalking state. Sometimes your eyes are even open. But then on top of that, some people have like auditory hallucinations or visual hallucinations. And there's just so many different kinds of experiences that are classified under this umbrella term of sleep paralysis. And there's all kinds of sleep studies going on that we will look into as well as I continue to get into this story. But what I want to drive home to people is that The science of sleep paralysis is very new. Like a lot of people don't understand what it comes from. And people who are researching it theorize that, oh, it's just your anxiety as like heightened if you're having a stressful time and then you feel like you can't take a deep breath in, then that's feeling like, oh, there's something on my chest. So then your mind just makes this hallucination that there's someone in the room with you or like there's a presence that there's someone in there or whatever but there's such a large variety of experiences that people have and we're gonna get into those and so you guys can be the judge of whether or not it's all in your head so what this woman and the participants who called in for the research of the sleep documentary the entity is describing is one of many stories similar to hers, as we heard a few. People all over the world have the same shared experiences of being attacked by a negative demonic force during the night by either an old hag or a night hag or a negative shadow entity. And this experience is being shared by people all over the world, so much so that the colloquial name for the phenomenon of sleep paralysis is called old hag syndrome because so many people see an old hag. Do you know what an old hag is, Alyssa? I when you say that, I picture in my mind like. Uh, the witch from Snow White when the lady drink drinks the potion so that she can give Snow White the apple and she's all like in a black right. cloak and has like that weird hook nose with the wart on yeah. it and like yes. old and white hair and hunchback. just gross. Yeah, hunchback. Right. That's exactly what the old hag is. It's it's a very old witch and we'll get into more physical descriptions. But I just wanted to drive home that this is like a very shared experience. A 2011 review concluded that 7.6% of the general population experienced at least one episode of sleep paralysis in their life. And the numbers were notably higher for students, which was almost 30% and psychiatric patients was at 31.9%. So... To answer your question, what is a night hag? Or to answer my question that I wanted you to answer, (laughs) what is a night hag? Wait, let me ask you. Okay, so that's that's like an old hag. I I get that. But what is a night hag? Is that just like the old woman from Snow White, but she only exists at night? Or what does that mean? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. (gasps) A night hag or an old hag, sometimes as it's called, refers to a supernatural creature that paralyzes a sleeping person. Upon wakening, 
people describe the feeling or vision of an entity sitting on their chest or at the foot of their bed. Many medical and scientific professionals relate the sensation to sleep paralysis. Some believe it's a bad dream, but others believe it's something else. Alyssa, here are some photos of some night hags. They come in many forms and shapes, but basically, like you said, it's an old woman who looks very, very fucked up and not attractive <laughs> in any sense. I'm going to send you some photos now so you can look at them yourself. Okay. All right. So while I'm waiting for those to come through, I just had a thought. Is there any part of the sleep study that says if people who sleep on their stomach don't get sleep paralysis as easily? Because you can't imagine an old woman sitting on your chest if you're sleeping on your chest. That is a very good observation, Alyssa. And yes, there are actually some things you can do to prevent the <sighs> night hag from visiting you. Let me send these photos really quick. Okay. Okay. I'm starting to get some messages. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That is, that's a fucked up looking woman. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the last one is my favorite. Go ahead and describe... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me start at the beginning, you guys. We'll post these all to our Instagram at Let's Get Haunted. So Natalia has sent me one, two, three, four pictures of what the old hag is said to look like. The first one to me looks a little bit like a fucked up turtle. It looks like a, tur <laughs> a blind turtle in a wig is how I would right. describe it. And right, it, like the eyes are all cloudy, yeah, like and, marbles. And it looks like it has a beak. It looks like a turtle beak. Yeah. In a crazy wig. Um, the next one, it looks like a green goblin with fucked up hair gesturing you like with one finger, like beckoning you towards her. And she also right, has like, come these, hither. Yeah. Like I would never hither to you. And it's like very purple, <laughs> fucked up, sharp shark teeth. And then the next mm -hmm. one, this <laughs> is awful. One. If I saw this in my room, good <laughs> Lord, if you're listening to this and you go to the Instagram and you see the picture I'm describing and you're like, oh, that's what I've seen. Somebody needs to Venmo you a dollar because this is this is horrible. <laughs> it looks like a grandma, but it's crying mascara tears. It's like peering down at you. It looks like it's looking down at you and it has like white wispy right. hair and like a slit for a mouth. It's not good. It and looks then, like someone who died a long time ago yes. and is like trying to pretend like they're not dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they're yeah. like, everything's cool. I'm just here at the grocery store. Like, You're like, no, normal. bitch, you are dead. <laughs> What in the right. world? You have no rights anymore. Get back in the ground. You can't be shopping with the rest of us. You're dead. The last one that Natalia sent me that I was laughing at this as soon as I saw This is my other favorite. It, it <laughs> Okay. You know that cartoon image of like a crescent moon, but it has a face in it? You know what I'm talking about? It's like the man <laughs> yeah. in the moon. Yeah it, yeah. it looks like a thumb if it like had one wish to become a person. <laughs> And then they like just gave it a witch hat and they were like, well, you're a person now. And it's like, yes, I feel like person. Yeah, this is what I wanted. It has this little smile on it. It has this like, little like, I know something you don't know. I'm a thumb. So happy to be a person. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's so <laughs> scary looking. Wait, what if, what if sleep paralysis demons are just thumbs that got one wish to become a human and they're trying so hard? They're like, <laughs> I, I appear in room at night. 
I I would like to be your friend, but it's like they just don't know. Hello, 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 sir. Excuse me, I'm here. I'm human. Sitting your chest. Yes. <laughs> right, like they speak super broken English of just like not even a real language. No, they don't speak any language. Yeah, if you have a sleep paralysis demon and you're Russian and your demon speaks Russian. Like, this is going to be, like, very broken Russian. It's Because it's a thumb. <laughs> its brain is right. just like a thumb bone. Right. Whatever language you speak, this thing is trying to impersonate it. <laughs> yeah. This last picture is, like, uncanny valley, but in almost a hilarious way. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to say, too, is we only have, like, 7,000-something Instagram followers, but we have a lot more listeners into that. And it made me just think the other day, I was like, what is everyone fucking doing? Are you listening to us describing photo evidence and videos and just being like, well, I'll take their word for it? Like, <laughs> are you, you know, like, I was thinking about that. We go into great detail and great effort to put together our Instagram so that you guys can slide through and see what we're talking about. Maybe there's just lurkers. If you're a lurking, can you please just, like, like some things so I stop losing my mind wondering if, like... <laughs> the rest of the world thinks the same way that I do. Also, now that we have just thoroughly roasted sleep paralysis demons, they are absolutely going to come haunt me tonight. Obviously, we're not into shaming anyone based on their physical appearance, but if you look like this old night hag bitch, like you need to be shamed because she looks like <laughs> physically ill. Like her eyes are literally not human. Like they're falling out. She's no? going to come sit on my chest tonight and like <laughs> fucking gouge my eyes out with her thumbs and be like, who's a thumb now, bitch? <laughs> like if you're dead, be dead. It's not oh, like oh, yeah. Look cool. Yeah. If you're dead, it's time to stay dead. Don't go yeah. haunt some child in the corner of their room at night. So what's interesting, though, about this night hag is she takes so many different forms. There's so many different artist renditions of what she looks like. Like Alyssa said, there's many different portraits of her. Sometimes she's got chicken feet or wings. Sometimes she has arms. Ooh, like Baba Yaga. Yes, exactly. And Baba Yaga is an example of an old hag. So that's what I'm trying to get at is that throughout so many different cultures, there's so many different old hags. She just comes through in so many different ways. So do you know what the word nightmare is, Alyssa? Um, okay. Or like where it comes from? Do you know what like a nightmare is? Like the etymology? Is? Well, I know what a nightmare is. A nightmare is a dream that is bad. It's a bad dream. But I'm right. thinking, what is the etymology of nightmare? Well, it happens at night, is it, and then a mare is a horse. So I'm going to say a black horse that comes and visits you at night and gives you a bad dream. I love the, the horse education. Let me <laughs> fix it just a little bit. A mare is a horse, but more specifically, a mare is a female horse. Ah, so a female horse comes. You're very close. And no. tramples <laughs> your brain and gives you a nightmare. Well, that could be a nightmare. I feel like if you had that dream, that would that would still be a nightmare. But actually... Wait, is Boris is... I'm sorry. Is Boris is a boy, right? Yes. Your horse. Okay. He's not a does, mare. Does he have a girlfriend? Because she could be the nightmare. You could just oh. name her Nightmare if you oh get her him a girlfriend. A, oh my god, that's a sick name for a horse. That's fucking sick as fuck. Like my horse is a nightmare, <laughs> but he's not <laughs> named that. Like if I was at the Kentucky Derby placing a bet on a horse and they were like, "Oh, you can either do 
like they always have the weirdest names. Like you can either do uh, chicken in a biscuit or you right. can do the nightmare. <laughs> I am choosing the nightmare. Even if the nightmare loses, like you don't want to upset it. You're like, this horse might come and trample me in my dreams because I don't know what the word nightmare <laughs> yeah. means. Okay, so educate so, me. What does the word nightmare mean? The word nightmare was used to describe the experience of having a nightmare as we know them. The inability to move was widely considered the work of demons, and more specifically, incubi, which were thought to sit on the chest of sleepers. In Old English, the name for these beings, these demons that would sit on you, was mare, hence the name nightmare. Oh, I had no idea. Have you ever had a nightmare, Alyssa? Yes, I'm sure we all have. Everyone listening right now, you've had a nightmare and you wake up and you're like, thank fuck that's not real. So I'm going to send you a picture of what a nightmare was depicted as. Okay. So this is a painting from 1781 by someone named Henry Fusilli. It's a painting titled The Nightmare, and it depicts one of these sleep demons resting on a maiden's chest. Okay, but I want to point out what's in the background there. It is a nightmare. It is a horse. It (laughs) is a black horse peeking through a curtain at this demon troll thing that is sitting on a dead lady's chest. Or I assume she's sleeping, but she looks dead as fuck (laughs) on this lady's chest. And the nightmare looks so stoked to be included. The like the little <laughs> horse. He's like, hey, what's going on, guys? He's like, I'm here. I'm here yeah, now. Yeah, you're right. There is a horse. I like knew he was in there, but I never really put that together. Good job, Alyssa. <laughs> Detective work. Does the woman who's getting sat on look like she's having a good time? <laughs> no, bro. She looks dead as shit. She's, I've never seen a deader looking woman. She's got like this white flowy stereotypical nightgown on. Also, she's laying <laughs> off the side of the bed backwards. So this this little demon has come and flipped her around and then the horse is peering through the curtains. It's very, I don't like it. Right. Yes. Her body language is distressed, to yes. say the least. Yes. So... Folklore beliefs in places such as Newfoundland in the U.S. describe a negative shadow figure of an old woman who enters their room and sits on the chest of their sleeping target. And the victim usually wakes with this feeling of terror, difficulty breathing, and paralysis. The person is forced to lay there, unable to move, until the nightmare releases her grip from them. So that's what she does. She comes into your room, she sits on you, and she gives you nightmares. So... In other cultures, it's believed that this old hag is a demon who's summoned by the black magic of someone who's hurt or the actions of a jealous person. It's also thought to be punishment for one who has wronged another and are then terrified by their own reflection in their slumber. Other speculations are that homes and places themselves are haunted by evil spirits that feed off the energy of their living hosts. No matter what your beliefs are, there is a wide range of these types of experiences crossing continents and time. For example, in Brazil, there's a legend about a mythological being called a Pisidiera, translates to she who steps. She's described as a tall, skinny old woman with long, dirty nails, a loose nose, and glowing red eyes. A loose nose? A loose nose, I know. That's terrifying. It could fall off at any moment. Right, and that's not good. No. (laughs) Her story is that she lives over the roofs, waiting to step on the chest of those who sleep with a full stomach. In Japan, sleep paralysis is called kanashibari. 
and the term is rooted in Buddhism. Long ago, it was believed that Buddhist monks could use magic to paralyze others. In China, it's been labeled as, quote, ghost oppression. Images depicting such experiences date back as early as the 18th century, and they span across the globe. In Catalonia, which is a region in Spain, there's this tale of the pesanta, which is a black animal, often a dog or a cat, or perhaps a horse, that invades people's homes and sits on their chest while they are asleep, making it difficult to breathe and causing nightmares. Sleep paralysis, translated from the Spanish word for sleep paralysis, roughly translates to, quote, a dead body climbed on top of me. In Inuit culture, people tell of shamans who can cast a spell when a person is sleeping, causing an experience of ukumangirnik, during which a person can't move, talk, or scream, and is visited by a shapeless or faceless presence. In a study of Cambodian refugees from the 1970s, researchers found that many patients referred to something called Kamak Sangkat, or the ghost that pushes you down. And in Thailand, there's a ghost called Piam that haunts people when they're half asleep and unable to move. What do you think of all of that that I just told you? It sounds like a universal experience. It sounds like no matter what culture you're from, there is a common theme where some otherworldly being sits on your chest and you can't do anything about it while you're asleep. Right. And it's interesting because the one in Brazil steps on you if you ate too much which i'm like why <laughs> yeah yeah there has to be just some, to be fucked up well that seems I think just like to, that sucks like yeah. when you just ate a big meal and you fell asleep and you're happy and then someone comes and like literally just jumps on your full stomach right i feel like there has to be a, some cultural significance to that though like in olden times uh you couldn't go to bed with a full stomach because if somebody, I don't know, if like you had to get up really fast in the middle of the night, like you couldn't because you were too full. I feel like that one has cultural significance. Right. right. They just don't want you to like shit your pants in the middle of the night. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like so that you don't have to pee in the middle of the night. So it is a shared universal experience. People see this old woman. And I think even too, in some of our listener stories, we've had people who have had experiences with like an old woman coming and sucking the soul out of them. Or remember the one where there's like a snow globe that was playing music yeah. and then this woman had this like fucked up dream of this like old witch person like singing or something and taking their soul away? Vaguely. I remember the snow globe for sure. Maybe I'm mixing two of the stories yeah. together. Maybe. But the point is... That's scary and happens to people. <laughs> I also feel like, you know, going back to this being a universal thing, it kind of now I'm thinking like, okay, when it happened to me, was that really just me breaking through to the other side temporarily and I didn't realize it? Because if it's happening so frequently with people, you would think maybe it's quote unquote real. Like obviously it's happening, like, but I I just thought right. when it happened to me, I was like, oh, I'm just I'm having like a lucid dream. Like I'm having Right. Like I'm it's not just quite a nightmare. Awake. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I'm yeah. gonna go back to sleep. But maybe it's not. Right. Maybe it's real. Um I've had a sleep paralysis situation oh, happen. Really? Remember after the Bell Witch? Yeah. Yeah, I like thought that I saw like an old witch, an old woman. <gasps> oh yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I do I think remember I that. talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. You did, yeah. And so I think that was my old night hag experience and it was fucking scary oh. uh, but i also the same thing to protect myself i was like 
that's not real. It's just because I heard that scary story of the right. old witch and I'm like personifying it, you know? Right. Um, so I want to talk more about the Japanese version of the Night Hag, obviously, because everyone knows <laughs> Natalia loves. Every time we bring up Japanese stuff, I just go on like a rant about how Japanese people are the best people and like it's God's favorite country and everything. And then I always say, I'm like, it's not offensive because I'm not Japanese. Like I have nothing. <laughs> I have like no game. And every it. time she says it, I'm just over here like, we're going to cut this out. like, <laughs> <laughs> And then I always cut it out. So maybe I'll cut this out too. But I want to talk to you more about the Japanese version of the Night Hag, the Kanashibari, because it emphasizes some themes that I think can draw this Night Hag into your life. So the most common form of Kanashibari comes from possession. When a person is possessed by a demon, one of the possible symptoms they can develop is immobility or sleep paralysis. This sort of possession could sometimes be overcome if a shuginja, which is a kind of priest, recited Buddhist sutras to drive out the possessing animal spirit. Once the spirit was driven out, the kanashibari would disappear and all would be well again. Other kinds of ghosts can inflict this kanashibari, which is the ghost that causes the possession that gives you the immobility or sleep paralysis. So the Makura Geishi, which is a kind of Zashiki Warashi, a type of ghost from the Ishikawa prefecture, haunts rooms at night, flipping over the pillows of sleeping inhabitants. Victims sometimes wake up in the middle of the night, feeling a crushing weight on their chest and finding the ghost of a small child sitting on them. No. This can occur sporadically or even every night depending on the mood of the Makari Geishi. I don't like it. Kanashibari can even be caused by other humans, usually priests or sorcerers. Finally, Kanashibari can be caused by ghosts. A famous account comes from a popular ghost story in Iwate Prefecture. There are many variations, but generally what happens is this. During the middle of the night, a person wakes up with an ominous, foreboding sense of dread. He or she realizes that they can't move, even though they're wide awake. It feels like powerful arms are gripping them tight, keeping them immobile. Suddenly, an invisible force tugs on their legs and, and drags him out from under his futon, usually in the direction of an open window or a river or some other dangerous place. After a desperate struggle, he finally snaps out of the sleep paralysis and sees the ghost of a middle-aged woman rising up into the ceiling. Why middle-aged? Why not old? <laughs> middle-aged woman, that's not scary to me. Like, if I see a middle-aged woman, I'm like, that's just someone's <laughs> please leave. mom also, but also please leave. Like, why are you in my house? But if I see but an I'm... old fucking scary woman, like, decrepit, I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. Like, that's the difference. So maybe the night hag, like, when she's in her young form, goes to, like, Japan to go oh. fuck with Japanese people because she's like, this sounds fun. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We talked about the possession that can happen during sleep paralysis right like this japanese belief of the kanashibari where they possess you and then one of the symptoms or side effects is the sleep paralysis so i'm going to send you a video of a type of possession being experienced during sleep paralysis okay i'm ready i think he's possessed because 
when he's awake, he's not violent. And he just don't look like himself when he's having a night terror. He don't sound like himself. He has a terrifying holler. Uh, his eyes are glazy looking. They're, they just don't look like him. Cody McKee and Monica Forrest have been together for seven years and have two children. In spite of a traumatic upbringing and a violent adolescence, Cody's biggest problem is the mysterious attacks that plague his sleep. Those seem Although related. he appears to be seeing something, <laughs> he cannot remember any detail of his attacks, unlike his family, who now fear for their lives. I really don't, I can't recall none of it. It's like I go to sleep, I wake up, and I don't know what I did, what made me do what I was doing. It's just, I mean, I feel like, like she said, possessed. I feel like something jumped in my body and made me just go crazy. These are some of the holes he's put in. See those holes Throw that he made in his sleep? Yeah. When he put his fist Why does this room have so many doors? This is bad feng shui. Another theory. There's four doors in that room. Did you see that? I've stuck my hands and fans. I've my toes in the door. I've tore the tip of my toe off. His foot or his toe or something went through there. I think it was his toe. The There's like literal holes in the I wall. I say that, uh, I, that I, it really felt to me inside of me like something jumped inside of me and took over my body. It was the night that I jumped through the window. This is the window. He went out. It's like somebody threw him out the window because he did it from a dead stand. He just went out. And that's all I heard. He hollered and out the window. Whenever I come to behind her daddy's car, I heard somebody, I heard a word, somebody say, I see you later, Cody. That's the only words that I heard and I woke up. See you later, Cody. This clip that Natalia just had me watch, I'm just going to describe it. Um, yes. It, it, it takes place in Arkansas. And it's a couple with two kids. And the guy in the couple, it's a guy and a girl, He in, in his sleep, it's like a sleepwalking, but like sleep fighting. It's like he's sleep fighting. So he'll wake up and he has, he has no recollection of what he's doing. He's just punching holes in walls, throwing himself out of a window. Like, right. He was like a mystery to scientists who are researching sleep paralysis. So they brought him in. Well, they brought him in for multiple nights and like hooked up his brain to all of these like uh, receptors. And they like monitored him 24 hours and took vitals and things like that. And they no, no one could figure out why he's experiencing this. Oh, wow. They called it like an extreme form of sleepwalking. So they're like looking and analyzing his brain and trying to figure out if he's just experiencing sleep paralysis because you can see it on brain scans when someone's experiencing that time where your body's paralyzed, but you're in like the REM sleep. And they're saying he's not in REM sleep. Oh. So he's in deep sleep but he's not in the type of sleep where you have dreams that's terrifying like you're terrifying. just in a deep sleep punching at walls and it's like you have no idea your eyes are open but your brain's asleep but then as you heard cody said when he came to after he was thrown out that window he heard a voice saying i'll see you later cody like i'll see you again <sighs> so his wife thinks that he's possessed and I think he right. thinks that he's possessed too. And 
in that video, she talks about how the only thing she can do now, because she can't sleep next to him anymore because he was too violent, is she goes in another room and it's not enough to lock the door because he'll just break the door down. She has to put one of her kids' beds in front of the door and then in front of that, another dresser so that the door can't open because that's how intense it is. Wow. So... Before we get into the discussion and the theories surrounding these night hags and sleep demons or go any further, I want to go ahead and just recognize that there's some boring and not fun or interesting people who would probably just toss the night hag and sleep demons up to hallucinations as part of a totally natural, not supernatural body process known as sleep paralysis. And just because I know some of you listening to this have no self-esteem and you feel the need to prove yourself by commenting some garbage you found on Wikipedia, which dispels the myth of night hags and sleep demons. I'm going to also spout some garbage from Wikipedia just so you feel like your comment is unneeded. This is for the skeptics. Okay. 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 So sleep paralysis is where your body is almost completely paralyzed, but you are awake. And while we're asleep, our body paralyzes us to stop us from acting out our dreams like I talked about before. But during sleep paralysis, you remain conscious despite being paralyzed. And the scientific name is hypnagogia, which is a mental phenomena that occurs during the threshold consciousness phase, including lucid thought, lucid dreaming, hallucinations, and sleep paralysis. And some people even try to get into that headspace for the purpose of lucid dreaming. And others obviously wish to avoid it because it belongs to sleep paralysis and you get sometimes strange and terrifying visions um, and hallucinations. So the average person is going to just chalk all of this entity talk up to sleep paralysis. And if you go on Google and you type in night hag or you type in sleep demons or you type in like any of these things that I've been talking about today, there will be so many articles about sleep paralysis that's like, don't panic. Everything's fine. You know, this is what sleep paralysis is. I know it feels like there's a demon in your room, but actually it's not. It's like the (laughs) pressure on your chest or like you're feeling like you can't move. So it feels like someone's holding you down. But really, it's just that you can't take a deep breath or you can't move. Okay, so I'm not like oblivious to that. All right. So if you're one of those people that's like just been wanting to scream that and comment that don't. Okay, because we already talked about it. Okay, perfect. Yes, you guys, if you are new to this podcast, we are not a skeptic podcast. The whole purpose of Let's Get Haunted, sometimes we talk about the skeptic point of view like Nat just did, but we like to face plant into the paranormal theories for everything in life. Yes. So the skeptic is going to use their scientific reasoning to file the whole sleep paralysis demon issue away under solved. And they're going to cite scientific findings as their main defense against the supernatural. Right. Right. But Alyssa, what if science doesn't have a perfect answer for sleep entities and sleep demons? Hmm. So now I'm going to show you an interview with the professor of humanities and behavioral sciences at Penn State University. Sir David Hufford has been studying the entity phenomenon for over 30 years. Hufford carried out his research in more than a dozen countries. He felt that while sleep paralysis might account for people who felt pressure on the chest, it could not account for those who felt it on other parts of their body. The experiences were just too varied. It's common during sleep paralysis for people to report pressure, most often on the chest. 
a sense of pressure on the chest could be caused by the paralysis of the voluntary muscles involved in breathing, but sometimes it's other places. I've had people say the pressure felt like it was pushing their head down through the bed. Other people said it was pressing on their feet so hard they were afraid their legs would be broken. I would like these explanations, if we're going to buy them, to really line up with the data consistently. So far, these don't. What that guy is talking about is that in the scientific community, they have this hypothesis for what the old hag syndrome is, which is sleep paralysis, which is what we've talked about, right? Where you're awake, but you can't move. And then the pressure and the anxiety like creates this demon in front of you or whatever. Right. But the problem is, is that there's too many questions from scientists. Like, why does everyone see an old hack? Yeah. Or why, if we buy into the idea that this is sleep paralysis, how do we explain all the different experiences? Like, why do some people have a hand over them? Some people see it in the corner. Some people hear things. Some people see things. And there's so many different experiences besides the ones that we've heard so far that are really fucked up. So luckily, I found a Reddit thread r slash sleep paralysis and most of it is like funny memes about sleep paralysis demons because people are trying to make light of the situation because people who suffer from sleep paralysis like consistently it's a terrifying and you know it interrupts your sleep and you feel like you don't want to go to sleep and so they're trying to make light of the situation right but there was also a thread on there about someone asking if people would share their experiences for like a research project. So a bunch of people commented their stories and I'm going to send you some of those stories so you can read them. Okay. I love Reddit. It's such a goldmine for everything you can think of. So this post on Reddit comes from at Beerista underscore underscore 13. They write, I was camping with my significant other in a pretty secluded area and we had went to bed for the night. I felt myself awake in the middle of the night. I didn't feel heavy, unable to move, etc. I looked up at the top of the tent to see the moonlight casting shadows on the top and sides of the tent from various foliage around us. Suddenly, I heard heavy, dragging footsteps from outside the tent. I had immediately thought it was my partner using the bathroom. That had to be why I woke up. But then I realized he was still sleeping to my left. The footsteps grew closer and a shadow of a figure cast across the tent wall. It was at this point I had realized I wasn't moving, but I thought it was from fear. This figure had a very heavy, menacing presence about it. It continued to walk past the tent and began to shuffle through our campsite, mumbling to itself. This continued for what seemed like an hour. It subsided, and I shot up and woke up my partner, explained the situation, and was convinced someone or an animal was in our campsite. It was terrifying. We both strained to listen for any other movements or sounds, which never came. The only thing that calmed us from the situation and made me realize it wasn't reality and that it was a strange episode was when my SO pointed out that if indeed someone or something was in our sight, our dogs would have absolutely reacted to the situation, but they were both still asleep at our feet. I haven't had an episode since, but I will say I had never been so terrified in my life. That is horrifying. Horrifying. That's fucking terrifying. I can't. Right? I, first of all, I don't like camping. <laughs> and then to have someone just wandering through your site. Remember, okay, we literally just talked about this in the, right. our season finale episode. 
I don't like camping because I feel like that is the perfect opportunity for someone to murder me. Exactly. It's just like setting it up for them. Right. Yes. And what to me, the story, I used it to highlight the fact that this is someone who's camping. They're not in their room and they literally see a sleep paralysis demon or sleep demon or an entity across the sides of their tent and it's like walking around and shuffling and making noise mumbling. and mumbling to itself right it's not Ugh. like this is this experience where you're in your bedroom and you see like something in the corner or whatever like this is something that followed them somewhere else you know yeah. it's so it's it's so weird it doesn't match the rest it's like a it's a very unique sleep demon story yeah. The next one comes to us from at Weary Apartment. I'm 16 and I've been having sleep paralysis since I was about 14. It used to be only in the summer. My first few times I saw the typical demon, but as time passed, it got worse. For the first summer I had it, I would just see the demon standing behind me, but it turned into the demon touching me and being an inch away from me as he kept touching me. When I finally woke up, I would feel an evil presence in the room. Once the summer was over, I didn't get another episode until the next summer. That would be summer 2019, when I started hearing whispering and seeing him touch me. And I almost felt it coming sometimes, but I was never able to fight it off. This summer, it didn't stop. It's now March, and I'm still getting episodes. Last night was my worst one yet. I heard my uncle yelling at me. I couldn't move, but I felt like everything around me was shaking, and my bed was shaking like crazy. I'm terrified of earthquakes. I live in California. So feeling and seeing everything shake while I couldn't do anything about it and having someone scream at me during the episode was completely terrifying. When I finally woke up, I still felt the evil presence. So creepy. That one I chose to highlight because even after the person wakes up and they're like, okay, it was just a nightmare. It was just sleep paralysis or whatever. They still describe this haunting, hanging, evil presence that's just in the room around them. Like it's reality, right? Like they're awake and they still feel that. Because when I have a nightmare, I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, it was just a dream. Go back to sleep. Right? Right. Yeah, that's so creepy. Um, This next one comes from at clumsy cuteness. I've had sleep paralysis my whole life, but I will never forget the time I was sleeping in the living room of my three bedroom apartment. I began to have sleep paralysis as usual. Can't move, can't talk, nothing except open my eyes. I heard my boyfriend in the back bedroom coughing and laughing. I assumed he was on his game or something. As I woke up a few minutes later, I went to tell him about the sleep paralysis. He has never had it happen to him, and he thinks it's fake. I can assure you it is not fake. I checked the entire apartment, and he wasn't there. I then called him, and he informed me that he was on his way home, and he was at hockey for the past few hours. Some people get auditory hallucinations, and I am one of them. Creepy. So that person is home alone, but they hear a man coughing and laughing in a different room and then they realize yeah so if we go with the theory of this being a ghost or someone possessing or you know the Japanese definition oh that's so creepy so creepy okay so at missile kid says 
I lucid dream a lot and I get, quote, stuck inside dreams where I try to wake myself up several times, but only to have class awakenings that sometimes involve me having a false awakening into sleep paralysis. For example, if I die in my dream, I awake to paralysis. If I realize I'm dreaming, I awake to paralysis or false awakening. I have audio and visual open and closed eye hallucinations. I've had out-of-body experiences, which I'm paralyzed, but also feel myself floating above my body. I feel connected to my body after a cold rush goes through me. It feels like someone dumping a bucket of ice water on me. So that person, to me, sounds more like, you know, we talked about maybe like a different dimension or, you know, they're the other side. They're leaving their body and they're you know dying in their dream or whatever and they wake up and they're paralyzed in their body like they were you know astrally projecting or something like that i was just about to say it reminds me of the haunted ohio university episode we did where that chick was astral projecting to the top of her dorm room like that's what it reminds me of like her body is laying there immobile unseeing unmoving but then her projection is just like doing something else Right. And they talked about that. They were saying like this girl was not moving for like an entire day. Okay. Last one you read is from the best username. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Amazing. This is from, this one comes from at Nicholas Suncaged. No, Nicholas Uncaged. Oh, ha! (laughs) my bad. (laughs) Still scary. At Nicholas Uncaged. That's much cooler than Sun Caged. I was like, wait a minute. Is this a cool name? Is this not? Okay. Yes, it is. So, hey guys, the following story has several trigger warnings in it, including sexual assault and abuse. So if that's something that could trigger you, go ahead and skip about two minutes ahead. Most of my experiences with sleep paralysis don't involve a kind of demon. I always see real people, sometimes people I know. Many of my sleep paralysis experiences involve some form of sexual assault, sometimes by a made-up person, sometimes by a person I love and know would never do that. I even have one experience where my mother was the abuser, even though I love her so much and she would never, ever do something like that. Sometimes I'm in between lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis, and I can kind of direct what's going to happen. But it feels like I'm screaming, and the dream can only sometimes hear my demand. I wanted to share my first experience with sleep paralysis because it is still one of the creepiest I have ever experienced. At this time, I was home alone. My parents were on holiday together. I woke up, unable to move, of course, but I didn't notice that until later, and saw that my door was opened. It wasn't, but it was part of the sleep paralysis. A man was on top of me and sexually assaulting me. I thought I was unable to scream or move because of fear, or maybe the person drugged me. I don't really remember the transition to the real world, though. This part is always fuzzy. Fuck that. (sighs) No, that, yeah. Yeah. So that that is terrifying. Right. So that, I think, speaks to this being like another dimension or astrally projecting or being a demon that's wanting to feed off of your fear like getting the nightmares right because what happens is these nightmares they sit on your chest and they give you nightmares to make you scared to make you afraid and then they feed off of that anxiety like demons and negative entities and just 
people who like live with bad vibes in general, like jealous people or people who hate you or they, you know, they talk about that too. Like some of these ghosts or demons or whatever just come from someone who hates you or who's jealous of you. Remember we talked about that? Like they just love bad vibes and they just like feed off of it, you know? Yeah. I also think too, like what is the most violating experience you can think of? And, sexual assault would is quite literally the most violating experience and then couple that into you being asleep so extremely vulnerable like the most vulnerable ever that it that sounds like a demon that's feeding off of like every worst fear combined totally yeah and we didn't talk about it yet but the reason i chose the story is to bring it up so the night hag sometimes will rape people and sometimes will take shapeshift and take other forms. And people claim to be sexually assaulted by the night hag. And uh, something weird fucked up. I don't know how to feel about it. But when I was researching this, there's actually like a small group of underground network, I should say, of people who try to have sex with demons and it's what? called Writing the Night Hag. And there's actually like a book on it on what? Amazon that I did not want to investigate because I was like, I do not want to call this shit into my life at all. What? But yeah, like, and isn't that wild? I don't know how to feel about that either. I I got to think about that. Don't, I, I don't have to think about it. Don't fucking have sex <laughs> with a demon Okay, guys, it's just not like you don't want to you wouldn't hook up with a fuck boy. Why are you going to hook up with a demon who's openly evil and wants to eat your soul and have bad things? I would hook up with a fuck boy. I can't like I feel like I have hooked up with a fuck boy. I feel like, okay, half of me is like, yeah, like women's liberation, like people's liberation. Have sex with whoever you want to have sex with. You want to have sex with the devil? Go for it, bitch. You do you. You slay. But then the right. other half of me is like, yeah, you are literally, your life is going to be ruined. Like, right. why in God's name would you invite that negative energy into your soul? Yes, like, you're going to get haunted life? for sure. Yeah. For sure. If you want to get haunted, that's the perfect way to get haunted, to have sex with your sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. So all those stories... Those experiences, what do you think about them? You know, they're like, what do they have in common? How are they different? You know, it's different sexes, genders, ages, sexual orientations, locations. It's sometimes evil. Sometimes it's not. It's sometimes a demon. Sometimes it's not. Visual, auditory. Like, it, it's just all over the map, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely very intriguing. Like, I'm still stuck on you pointing out that this is universal, that a lot of the sleep let's just call it I'm just going to call it a hallucination for the sake of the way I'm describing it like why is everybody having the same hallucinations regardless of what language you speak what culture you're from like you are you might be a billionaire you might be uh living on the street you might uh have no education you might have a master's degree like you know what I mean like why is everybody across the board experiencing the same or similar hallucinations right like there's just in my opinion too many variables to just chalk this up to some definite term like sleep paralysis because even if it's just a natural phenomena then why are there so many unique experiences you know right like some behavioralists will say that it's just your anxiety manifesting. And I'm like, uh, okay, but who feeds on anxiety? 
demons. It's like, right. did the chicken come before the egg? You know, like, are you hallucinating because you're anxious and then that's creating more of the demons or are the demons coming to you because you're anxious? Either way, there's fucking demons in your life, you know? Yeah. Either way, you're haunted. The biggest question is like, why do some people experience it and some people don't? Right. What if yeah. just by hearing these stories today and falling asleep tonight, we open. Oh, my God. My dog just looked at me and I almost just died because I didn't know he was outside. <laughs> Fucking don't look at me when I'm thinking <laughs> scary thoughts. Oh, my God. I like his stupid white face, my husky and like those big eyes. That Oh, my God. Alyssa, that scared the shit out of me. Okay. <laughs> the gateway opened for me i know archer opened that you know what archer is probably a demon yeah like, he's archer is for sure a man that got reincarnated into a dog and does not want to be in this dog body like he that is for sure it. who archer is yeah he's like god damn it but i guess i get another chance in like 10 years <laughs> yeah just be <laughs> just chill for a while so oh, yeah what if by hearing these stories today and falling asleep tonight we open a gateway because some people who have experienced this gateway being opened claim that the phenomena started or worsened the more they read about it. As oh. if hearing about the possibility of sleep demons and nightmares called it into their lives. Alyssa, so far we have heard testimony and seen photos and artist renditions but we've lacked significant physical evidence of a presence in a sufferer's room at night. I now present to you physical evidence. This is a sound captured in someone's room at night as they slept. Someone posted in r slash ghost and they're talking about their experience using sleep as Android app. And basically, they use this app called Sleep as an Android to improve their sleep. And one of the features that it has is it records your nighttime noises like snoring and sleep talk and cover ruffles and coughing. And then it tells you like what stage of sleep you're in and it shows you graphs and all of this stuff. So this one particular night on December 30th at 2.04 a.m., this person says, quote, I caught something very weird. To set up, this night I was sleeping in my bed. My three-year-old was with me that night as he's afraid of the dark. It was just the two of us in the whole house. The next night I decided to go through and delete my recordings and I saw this particular record. In it, you could hear some clicks that start to get louder over the course of the recording. Eventually, you can hear me say, what are you doing? And immediately after, there's a deep voice that says, nothing. The clicks become very loud at that point, and at the very end of the recording, you hear the same voice say, that's them, I think. I'm pretty creeped out by this. I don't remember being awake that night. The only plausible explanation is that I answered my own sleeping talking, but the voice doesn't even sound like me or something I could emulate. It definitely doesn't sound like a voice my preschooler could emulate either. I have no idea what the clicks could be. I keep a fan going at night for white noise, but the clicks sound like they're coming from my right near my phone, which is placed right by me on my bedside table. I want to say that I've picked up the clicks a few times on recordings before, but I deleted them thinking that it was nothing. This is the first time I've ever heard anything, though. So click that thing that says link to original recording. Got it.
Yes, that is fucking horrifying. So that's so, not like that lady's husband. Like she doesn't have like a partner that lives with her or. So no, no, not at all. And then she asked like some Redditors because this is what I love about Reddit is you're like, hey, can someone help me figure this out? And there's like someone who's a professional like voice analyzer or something like that. So there was right. someone who was a professional voice analyzer and they and someone else who was like a professional at um, like audio editing or whatever. Engineering. And, yeah. Yeah. Engineering. And they said that the what are you doing is at around 265 hertz which is c4 in musical notes then the answer is voice is around 95 hertz or f sharp 2 which is relatively low voice for even a man and that they say that her voice wouldn't be able to go that low wow like physically. yeah well it doesn't it, like it literally doesn't it sounds like a dude you know what I mean like it doesn't yeah. sound obviously a preschooler like she said cannot make that voice I'm not even confident I could make that voice or you could make that voice like and we right. would be trying you know like we right. would be trying to do it I don't think I could do it so some people too think that they're saying what are you doing and some people think that they're they heard I'm dead or that's that oh shit and then to see the top link that says link to the cleaned up version yeah I'm gonna take out my ear earbuds because I want to listen see what I hear Right. So some people think that they're saying, are we them? And then the voice goes, it's them. Oh, okay. Let me listen one more time. You guys listen to this. Leave a comment in the SoundCloud comments b below about what you think this person is saying. I'm going to play it one more time. I can I, I want to listen one more time to the original <laughs> yeah. recording. I'm sorry. Go this is very it. intriguing. It, it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like like I'm trying to figure out what the clicking noises are. It sounds like someone is like trying to open a briefcase. You know what I mean? Like the click, 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 click. Like they're trying to open a briefcase over and over again or like the snaps are falling down. It's so weird. So to add to the creepiness of it, this Reddit user said like started investigating this after she found out that clip because she's like, what is that voice? Like, where is that coming from? There has to be some sort of answer for this. So she says, since then, I've had no more weird voice recordings, but there were one or two more instances of that same clicking noise waking me up at night. And during one of the times that it woke me up, I sat up and tried to hear where the sound was coming from, even though I was pretty scared. The sound seemed to be coming from the area of my fan about 12 feet away from my bed. But the closer I got, it just started to fade away. 
And when I got to my fan, it wasn't coming from my fan at all that I could tell. And it just stopped. Very weird. Also, I took someone else's advice and I walked through my house shortly after the final clicking and asked whatever it was to please leave my house and that my son and I were scared. I felt like a complete ding dong doing that though, but I was up for trying about anything. I'd say nothing weird has happened for about three months now and I'm completely fine with that. This experience really messed me up for a while. I hope she has fucking moved because yeah, that she is did move. horrifying. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, yeah. Eventually, she did move, but basically, they, you know, they did all of this investigating through Reddit and like all of these people like analyzed it and came to the conclusion that it's absolutely either a man's voice or someone else's voice that's not her voice at all. Yeah, there's no way that that's her voice. And also, so what I hear when I listen to it is I hear the clicking noises, then I hear her say, "What are you doing?" Mm -hmm. Then I hear a man's voice say, nothing, don't worry. And then I hear (gasps) more and more clicking. And then I hear, that's them. And then (gasps) it stops. And she was sleeping with her three-year-old son. I have the fucking chills. I have the chills. Oh, my God. Yeah. (sighs) Let's talk about the theories. Number one, the night hag or the nightmare, this demon, female demon that sits on your chest that's a theory for what could be happening to all of these people. Yeah, like, so a, do we think it's a real person or do we think it's a ghost woman? Right. I mean, it could be several things. Like, it could be a ghost woman or it could be a demon or it could be a real woman from a different dimension. Yeah, that's what I'm um, wondering. Like, an alien or, like, yeah, someone from another dimension. So it's worth mentioning, but also not because this is, like, sexist bullshit this bitch named Lilith. Have you heard of Lilith, Alyssa? From, from the Bible, right? Right. Actually, yeah. So I didn't know. Go ahead and tell me what you know about Lilith. Oh, that's all I know is that she's a, she's a lady from the Bible, but I don't know what she did. So she's from the Bible. She's also from like all these different religious dogma from all these different cultures. And she's basically like every female demon across all cultures. She was like annoyingly referred to as, quote, Adam's first wife, which is sexist. And she sometimes eats babies. She like randomly sometimes sexually assaults people, sometimes doesn't sexually assault people. She's sometimes like super hot. Sometimes she's super ugly. Sometimes she has wings and like bird feet and sometimes she's human looking. Basically, she can't do anything right according to folklore. Like (laughs) she's she's just all over the place and like no one likes her no matter what she's doing. Whether she's being like she's not being subservient to her husband, she's bad. Or if she is like being like a servant to her husband, she's somehow bad. So I think it's just kind of like another way to be like women are evil but right yeah that makes sense also many modern theistic satanists consider lilith a goddess and she's considered a goddess of independence by those satanists and she's often worshipped by women but women are not the only people who worship her lilith is popular among theistic satanists because of her association with satan some satanists believe that she's the wife of satan and thus think of her as a mother figure Others base their reverence towards her based on her history as a succubus, and they praise her as a sex goddess. A different approach to satanic Lilith holds that she was once a fertility and agricultural goddess. Oh, 
she's basically like the night hag to me is also another form of this like Lilith. And I don't know if Lilith fair, like the all female very like associated with lesbian and like feminist culture music festival is from this Lilith like maybe oh. someone has that answer Lilith fair but right so that's one of the the theories is like it's a female demon the night hag the next theory is that these people experiencing the entity possession or sleep paralysis demons are opening a gateway to the space between like we talked about or yeah. another dimension it's the idea that you're leaving your body in this dimension, sleeping, and you're astrally projecting or you're experiencing like a glitch or a wrinkle in time where you're leaving your body and you're going to another dimension or another place or, uh, you know, like the space between. Yeah, that one, that one to me, I hope nobody like misinterprets this or roasts me for this, but that one to me makes the most sense. Like right. that, I just can see someone like taking that soundbite and being like, Allie's fucking crazy. She thinks everyone <laughs> goes to another dimension when they sleep. But like that makes the most sense to me. A wrinkle right. in time. Well, you've like shed your ego. You've like, you know, gotten rid of all of your senses. You're basically in like this heavy meditative like state. You yeah. Know? So it seems like the time when you could leave Transcend your earthly being or, body. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The other theory is that it's some sort of unknown demonic entity that's feeding on anxiety or your fear of falling asleep. And it's using your fear to get that energy. And this theory would be for people who are like, know that they have sleep paralysis. They think that it's just nightmares. Like they're not buying into all this paranormal shit but they're still experiencing it all the time and doctors are being like well it's your anxiety you know like right do some yoga like just try to chill and they're like um i'm like really chilling as much as i can but i'm still getting fucking haunted by bitches every night so right. like what the fuck is going on right also what an oxymoron because i I have also had a doctor tell me that before, like, you need to chill out. You need to be less stressed. Like, you can't will yourself to be less stressed. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just by yeah. concentrating on it, you immediately get more stressed out. It's like, bro, that's not a solution. <laughs> when you're yeah. in the fight or flight mood or, like, mode of that, like, anxiety, panic, like, someone telling you to not panic doesn't help. No, not at no. all. Absolutely not. I would honestly, I would probably punch someone. If I was in the middle of a panic attack and they were like, stop panicking, I'd be like, I'm going to fucking hurt you because you're not helping me at all. I know. I've told that to people, though, like just because sometimes when you're not in that mindset and you're like with someone who's freaking out and you're just like driving to go get ice cream or something and they're just like panicking and like traffic is getting on their nerves and they're just freaking out. And you're like, dude, just calm down. It's fine. It's traffic. And they're like, what? Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I realized my mistake. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't tell someone to chill out and then it's like. I, maybe it does work. I'm sure that's probably why people do it is because it has worked like one out of every hundred times. But I feel like when you're actually talking about a panic attack, it does not help. Right. Yeah. When you're in the throes of a panic attack, it doesn't help. But like if I'm open to change, like the therapist being like, go get in the 52 degrees ocean and it'll change your right. life. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, yeah. I'm willing to try anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it may work. Right. So, yeah approach with caution guys um the last theory which i think is is you, they're going to be the theory that you want to go with is aliens oh. and i feel like that yeah. theory is pretty straightforward just aliens aliens 
you know, they're coming to you while you're sleeping, possibly abducting you. Yeah. They're Makes projecting sense. themselves as some sort of like shadow figure or right. maybe that's what you're seeing. Right. Yeah. Like the um, aliens are just big giant thumbs in wigs and hats <laughs> and then they come down and they're like, hey, fellow human, like, let's. Right wrestle or something like they don't know like the only channel they have on their spaceship is wrestlemania and they're like i need to crawl on this sleeping person's chest like this is how humans greet each other maybe like a long time ago when these night hags started showing up or whatever like thousands of years ago the aliens visited like a witch or like a uh, like a crazy old hag type person right and then they were like oh this person is like maybe that witch was meditating and like projecting themselves out into the universe to a different dimension and they met aliens and then aliens were like oh my god we found this like thing from this other dimension and this is what it looks like and this is what it acts like let's like go investigate and see what's up kind of like a rick and morty (laughs) episode or something right and that's so like, like that's just like what they're doing. That reminds me of the Men in Black episode that we had where we were yes. like, because like, they all come in like, you know, they have the sunglasses like, and the black suits right. and it's like, oh, and red lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. Like they teleported into like some fancy uh, drag queen contest and they were like, oh, this person in a suit and lipstick and whatever, like this is what the average person looks like. I am now immediately going to embody this. Yeah. So which one of those theories do you like the best or do you think? Or I kind of think it might be just a mix of all of them. Yeah. Like why can't all of that happen? It you could know? be. It could definitely be. I think the two... Like I said, the one that seems the most likely to me is a space or a rip and a wrinkle in time. But right. the one that like now has me thinking is the alien one because aliens <laughs> like it goes both ways. Well, yeah, first of all, aliens. But second of all, it, it goes both ways. Like if you think that sleep paralysis is the boring Wikipedia definition of what it is, then could right. you also say that anyone who's ever said that they had an experience being abducted from their bedroom at night or probed at night could you then make the jump and say oh no that person just experienced sleep paralysis like a very extreme sleep paralysis demon situation and they were never Mm -hmm. abducted they just experienced something that felt real to them but never actually happened so it can go that way or it can go the opposite way and you could say every single sleep paralysis situation is actually just aliens coming down stunning you with their stun gun and doing weird shit and then you wake up i'm sending you some photos of people or some pictures of people who illustrated their sleep paralysis demon oh this is this is nightmare fuel okay so this one is posted to reddit by user eyeballs underscore four underscore dials which is also very scary of a name um and it says artwork i made several years ago of my childhood sleep paralysis demon I grew up in a railroad apartment and my bedroom had no door. I used to see this thing weekly staring at me from the dark hallway. I don't like this, Natalia. This is really scary. I don't like it. This is why you shut your doors when you're sleeping, guys. I like my door being open. So now I'm like, I'm going to shut it. This is not good. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to know why I like my door being open? So that I can get up and go get a hostess cupcake from the cabinet at 3 a.m. and not have to wake up my dogs by from opening the door. So maybe it's better if I have the door shut because then I won't eat hostess. It's a fire hazard to have your door open too. Is it? Yeah, oh, because if the fire... there's a fire, like the oxygen, it'll just go right into your room. But if you shut the door, 
Like there's instances of like entire houses burning down and then there's one bedroom that's still standing because oh, the door was wow. shut. Wow, let's get haunted is full of safety facts. I should describe this photo <laughs> to you guys. Um, so this this photo uh, or this drawing that this person did, first of all, is a very excellent drawing. It makes me very uncomfortable. But it looks kind of like an alien standing in a doorway yeah. staring at this guy. It has really long arms. It's super skinny. You can see its ribs. It's naked but has no genitalia. Um, it's bald. And it's smiling, a super huge, big, creepy smile with fucked up teeth. And then its eyes are like little points of white light in a giant, dark, black eye socket. Like a like a combination of a skeleton and an alien is how I would describe it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, a- like aliens make sense. And then the story of the guy who was camping and just heard that oh. like his, the demon outside like mumbling around and shuffling. Like to me, alien. Like, that was an alien who was like, oh, shit, like, I'm doing weird shit in the woods like we aliens do, and I just stumbled upon this shit, and now I've got to get out of here before this guy, like, figures me out. Right. Oh, I'm going to be in trouble. (laughs) Well, if if it is aliens, we might get a chance to learn about it this year, because I don't know if you saw, but U.S. intelligence agencies since signing the COVID-19 relief and spending bill in that bill, it says that they have 180 days to share what they know about UFOs with the public. Oh my God. Like somebody pushed that through. I know. Well, that's the thing is I'm like, I'm sure I could read and figure out who put that in there. But if I had to guess, I would say it's probably Bernie Sanders because I feel like, didn't he say something once about aliens or UFOs? Maybe I'm making that up and I had a dream. I don't know. Maybe someone was just like, everything is fucked up right now. And this is like a win. You know, like a win for everyone in America. If we can just find out what the fuck is happening with the UFOs. I feel like everything is related to aliens. I feel like this, (laughs) these past several years have been so haunted because of aliens somehow. I don't know how yet. I haven't figured it out yet, but I feel like it is. Yeah. Like if they told me that we all had to quarantine for a year and go through all of this because of aliens, I would just be so much more pumped. Yeah. I'd be like, hell yeah, I will stay in my house forever. (laughs) (laughs) So finally, I want to talk about if you want to experience one of these demons or should we say one of the theories, right? of either having a night hag visit you or opening a gateway to the space between or the other dimension or having just a demonic entity feed on your anxiety and fear of falling asleep to get energy or aliens. There's a few ways you can do it. One, you're going to sleep on your back. Two, you're going to go to bed with a full stomach, okay? Because there's some demons who feed off of your food and we'll just fucking jump on your stomach for no reason. (laughs) Three, you're going to be the object of someone else's jealousy or hatred towards you, which I feel like is pretty yeah, easy check, these days. Yeah, check, check. Yeah, we've got, we've got yeah. a stalker. So <laughs> that one's uh, check. Number four, lucid dream by laying in bed and refusing to move or twitch or scratch yourself. So you're going to just lay in bed, close your eyes and go to sleep. And if you have any urge to like move or get more comfortable, you're going to deny it. And eventually your body is going to enter that paralyzed state and you're going to start lucid dreaming. I don't like that. Five, literally summon a demon. No. Alyssa. (laughs) No. Alyssa, I have one more thing before we finish this episode. Have you ever played a game called the Three Kings game? No. No, I have not. What is that? So this is literally like a five minute explanation of how you're going to summon 
this demon tonight. Okay. 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 This list is long and involved and you need every single piece in order to play the three kings ritual. Do not leave anything out. One. A large, quiet room, preferably without windows. If you must use a room with windows, cover them up so that no light from outside can make its way into the room. The room should also have a door that will close and latch securely. 2. A candle, preferably a sturdy pillar candle that will not burn out or burn down quickly. 3. A lighter. You have to light the candle, of course. 4. A small bucket of water and a clean mug or cup. 5. An electric fan. 6. Two large mirrors. Seven, an alarm clock. Eight, three chairs. Nine, a fully charged cell phone. Ten, a partner. You trust to follow the rules and take the game seriously. Eleven, a small object that holds sentimental or emotional value to you. Setting up for the game. By the way, if anyone plays this game... Film it. Film it. If anyone films this entire thing, uh, I'll give you a merch. Okay. How should we limit that to like if you were the first person to film this and if you were the first person and you literally have to film all of it. So there's a bunch of steps. So you have to show all of them. Okay. Setting up for the game at 11 p.m. You should begin to set up for your three kings ritual. So if you're filming this, I need to see 11 p.m. Right. Yes. In your chosen room, place one of your chairs facing north. This is your throne. Place the other two chairs on either side of the throne facing towards it. These chairs belong to the queen and the fool, and they should be about an arm's distance away from your throne. Secure one mirror onto the queen's chair and one onto the fool's again facing towards the throne. Sitting on the throne, you should be able to see your reflection in the peripheral vision without having in your peripheral vision without having to turn and look. Place the bucket and your chosen cup or mug in front of the throne, just barely out of reach. You want them near enough in case you need them, but not so close that you might trip over them. Place the fan behind the throne and turn it on, but not too high. Medium or low should suffice for the purposes of the ritual. Turn the lights off and leave the room, making sure the door is left open, and go to your bedroom. Place your cell phone, candle, and lighter on the bed so you can reach them easily without having to hunt for them. To make sure the phone is fully charged, I would just leave it on the charger. Set your alarm clock for 3.30 a.m. Take your chosen object and get into bed. It's time to sleep, to prepare for what is to come. Conducting the Three Kings Ritual When your alarm goes off at 3.30 a.m., get out of bed, light the candle, and grab your phone. Keep your sentimental object with you at all times. You have three minutes to return to your prepared room. When you enter the room, close the door behind you. Your chosen partner in this ritual should wait right outside the room Ugh. and be as quiet as possible. I don't know why that scares Protecting me. Protecting your candle flame. Take your place on the throne. Your body should block the wind from the fan and keep you and keep it from burning the candle out. The idea here is that Should you slump to the side during your time in the room, the candle flame will be blown out by the fan and end the ritual. Big bold letters. Do not at any point look directly into the mirrors on either side of you. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, God. Also, do your best not to stare directly into the candle's flame. Assuming you've made it to your phone by 3.33 a.m., 
and all has gone according to plan, you may now begin the active part of the ritual by asking a question aloud. It may take time, but again, assuming you did everything correctly, you will soon be joined by the kings who will answer your questions. Reportedly, you will actually hear their voices, but remember, no matter how startled or how unsettling it may be, do not turn to look in the mirrors. Remember to take this seriously. This isn't a time to ask stupid questions, regardless of what you may have heard before. Yes, they do exist. You have one hour with the kings to ask whatever you like. Be prepared for answers you may not like, and be prepared for questions as answers to your questions. Finally, do not let the candle go out during your session. At 4.34 a.m., your friend on the other side of the door should call out to you that the game has ended. If you do not respond, they should try calling your phone instead. If, and only if, neither of these methods succeed in getting your attention, they should then enter the room to try to snap you out of the ritual by calling your name. But they should not, under any circumstances, touch you. And finally, if that doesn't work, they should use the mug to throw water from the bucket in your face. If you find yourself in a semi-conscious state and it's time to return, focus on the personal item you've brought with you and let it guide you back to the waking state. It might sound silly to you, but if you've committed to the ritual thus far, then it's not that big of a stretch of the imagination. As soon as you are aware that the time for the ritual is up, you should stand up, blow out the candle, and leave the room to signify closure. Warnings. If you do not wake up at 3.30 a.m., do not continue. If you return to your prepared room to find the door closed, do not continue and leave the house taking everyone with you. Do not return before 6 a.m. If the fan is turned off or no longer working in some way, do not continue and leave the house taking everyone with you. Do not return before 6 a.m. Do not let your candle go out before the ritual is complete. Again, as stated above, do not at any point look directly in the two mirrors. It is said that what you see there may pull your consciousness inside and you can become trapped by the kings. Do not leave your throne before 4.34 a.m. Do not go into this ritual acting cocky or disrespectful. It won't end well for you or your partner. Risk level. Of all the games we've covered in this series so far, this by far is the riskiest as it actually involves ritualistic elements and supposed spirit summoning. Those particular elements aside, you're also holding on to a lit candle for an hour. There's the risk of burns as well. What do you think of that game, Alyssa? Uh, well, I want to kill myself. I feel <laughs> very, I like am trying to not cry. I feel very haunted. I don't like it. Um, How scary is that? Okay, but I do have it really quick before I forget. I do have an idea for our next vlog. I think we should do what? every no. single thing we've ever talked about on this, this show. Like, we should do the elevator game. We should do the Three I'm Kings game. I'm fucking not doing that we shit should we do just Bloody read Mary. about. Are you like, kidding? We should, like... You... Okay, fine. We'll do it, but you go do that part. I'll wait outside the room. Why Why can't I wait outside the room? Uh, no, wait. That sounds so <laughs> scary. You're, you're sitting in a dark room at 3.33 a.m., with a candle and you can't look to the sides of you and see mirrors obviously you're gonna like freak yourself the fuck out even if nothing happens 
Right. Yeah. Like, no, it's, I don't like it's it. It's so haunted. And then the reason the fan is there is so that, like, in case you basically die or, like, possessed and move, it'll blow the candle out and end the ritual. And, like, the reason your friend is not supposed to touch you is because they don't want you to become possessed. Right. So, like, if they touch you, they become possessed. So you have an emergency bucket of water to just throw on the person. Like, that is so terrifying. Whoever wrote that is honestly, like fucking fucked up (laughs) yeah that person is on like a combination of dmt and ayahuasca at the same time and is just like what can i do that is the fucking scariest thing on earth (laughs) so that concludes my episode about sleep demons that was excellent natalia thank you Um, Yes, I'm glad. I definitely feel haunted. I'm. How about this? When this episode goes live and you guys listen to this, I want you to think about it before you go to sleep, and report back if you have any interesting dreams or nightmares or sleep paralysis situations. And I'm going to do the same. So when I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to see if this episode made its way into my subconscious and haunted the shit out of me. And I will report back next episode what happens. I feel like this is so real, though. Like, the thing about someone hating you or being jealous or, like, having ill will towards you is so real. Because the whole time that the stalking situation was going on, I remember I was saying, like, I couldn't sleep. Like, I was having yeah. horrible, like, nightmares and shit. I feel like that's what happened. Well, like, also- I, I would constantly say, like, bad energy. And then that person was literally saying they were, like, hexing. Yeah, I was just about <laughs> to say that. That person was literally posting about, like, I'm doing this, like black magic ritual to like curse you and stuff and so it's it was so fucked up because they knew that i'm like scared of that because i have a paranormal podcast so like even if they didn't believe in that they're like saying this fucking worst shit you could possibly say yeah exactly (laughs) but also that's really dumb i just want to say if you're contemplating hexing someone or doing something like doing some bullshit to someone just know that that shit comes back to you it's not going to haunt the person that you want it to for very long it's going to come right back to you and like use that energy to do something else like write a book you know yeah start like the whole 30 cleanse or something i I don't don't, know yeah i don't know (laughs) what that is but do it like do anything like you know what if you want to curse somebody, do what I did last year and just sit on a couch and eat Hostess cupcakes for a year. <laughs> haunt yourself. Don't haunt other people. Right. It, that was a beautiful story, Natalia. Thank you so much for teaching me I'm about glad. demons and aliens and sleep time problems. Don't be scared of opening the gateway tonight, Alyssa. Oh, I, I, hopefully it doesn't happen, but I'll let you guys know next episode. Okay, but... It's been known to happen after you hear about it. I'm very upset. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, guys. I want to know what you think about all of that, especially the voices. Like, what do you think those voices in that woman's room were? Like, what was that? The shadow man and the night hag? What were they leaving to a different dimension and looking at themselves? What was that? Yeah. And also, some of you guys have written in with your sleep paralysis stories. If you're listening and you haven't sent one in yet, you can do so by emailing letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear about them. All right, Alyssa, do you want to do our sign off? Sure. Oh, wait, one more thing. By the way, we have merch now. If you go to our website. Oh, yeah. Letsgethaunted.com. You guys go to letsgethaunted.com right now. We restocked on merch for the new year because so many of you said that you missed out last year. I had some people say that they 
you know, didn't have a job uh, and so they couldn't afford it. And now they just started a new job and they really wanted us to drop more merch. So, yeah, it's up. And if you order merch, I send you a little cool Let's Get Haunted sticker as well. So if you're looking, if you're (laughs) opening the package, look for the sticker. It's in there. Excellent. Don't lose it. Thank you, Natalia. BRB, gotta go sleep on my stomach so an old woman can't sit on my chest. Bye. Is it sexual? Is that sexual? It's absolutely sexual. You're in your bed. Right. Right. So like, are they like saying sitting on your chest, but it's like really sitting on your face? Right. Well, I think it is sitting on the chest. But here's the thing. If you're laying on your stomach and then you wake up and you feel like someone's sitting on your back, that's just hilarious. That's not scary. (laughs) That's like, that's like, is there now a child on my back, like expecting me to walk around like a horse? That's just, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You've become the nightmare. Bye. Bye. My sources for this episode were sinistercoffeeandcreamery.com, healthline.com, nopanic.org.uk, livescience.com, jessghost.com, yokai.com, reddit, ihorror.com, and wikipedia. And by the way, guys, don't summon a demon. That's literally a joke. But if you do it, film it.